Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, your host, as you know, for Grief Recovery Now podcast. Today and always, I'm so happy to be here today, and I'm so grateful to have you listeners here. We are here just for you. This is a come-as-you-are podcast. I say that at every single podcast. Wherever you are in the grief space, devastating grief, you can't get out of bed. One, you're just trying to explore something's up with my life. I know I've had some losses that are coming up, either long-term, long time ago, or just recent. And any kind of grief you're feeling and everything in between. And maybe there's a friend of yours who's going through some grief, have some major losses happening in their life, whether it be a death or job, the COVID that has been going on for almost two years now, and so many other things, political, the stress and strife, all these things that are going on in the world and the bigger picture world. And then your own little journey, not little, but your journey internally, even the day-to-day stuff that you're going through. And remember about pets and there's 40 reasons plus of why you could be experiencing grief in your life. And I'm here as my podcast is called Grief Recovery Now. I am not a group therapist. I am not someone who is in giving you counsel. I work with an educational modality that is... I help you through certain steps, simple and powerful steps to get you to that other side. Not forgetting about the people you love, but walking on the earth in a much fuller space and happier space and living more fully with no filters. Anyway, I usually have at the beginning of the podcast, just little thoughts about things about grief that maybe you've never heard of or thought of that you may be going through now. I was talking to a colleague this last week. And she's an attorney and she works in the estate planning area. So she deals with a lot of different relationships with her clients. And one thing we were talking about that is not talked about much in grief is estrangement. And estrangement is like a death. Just like death, estrangement is a loss. And it's one that affects the way we orientate ourselves within our environment. And it's one that can shatter the hopes and dreams that we have for our future. Another thing, why does estrangement hurt so much? The human bonding that occurred over years of childhood makes us feel deeply insecure about the loss. It's one main reason why estrangement matters so much to so many people, the pain rejection. Research shows that losses involving social rejection have especially damaging effects. I don't know about you, but I know that I have had some estrangement in my own family. I won't mention names because, you know, they listen to my podcast. 
my family does and friends. And this is, you know, just to be private about that, but it had money involved, which just happens a lot of estrangement. And even though I see this person, I, if there's an uncomfortableness, there is like this barrier. And I've worked very hard to be on the forgiveness part of it. My forgiveness is about, I forgive him for and accept that he has some blind spots regarding financial or whatever it is. I'm not a therapist or psychiatrist, but I had to love him wholly because I didn't want, I've had two parents die when I, they were, they were very young and I was very young and I don't want, God forbid, he goes before me that I will have regrets. And so I feel like I have some closure with that, but I was estranged with him. And sometimes I feel that way still. Money, people are funny about money and they all have their beliefs about it. But that's my experience. And it could be a lot of different ways why you are estranged, or you could be the estranger where you're estranged from someone, or they can be estranged from you and you don't know why, or you know why, but there's nothing you can change about it. Usually it's a family's sexual orientation, choice of spouse, gender, gender identity, disability, religion, or lack thereof may have caused a strange party to feel judged, unloved, or unaccepted, causing them to initiate the estrangement or may cause the parents to disown a child. There could be many, many other ways that why there is estrangement going on, especially when you're dealing end of life, wills, estates, like my friend, my colleague does all the time. And we're just surprised it's not talked about enough in the grief space. So we just want you to just ponder that. If that is happening with you, please contact me. I would be happy to help. And also my guest would be happy to help because she, her name is Dr. Marcy Cole. Dr. Marcy Cole is a holistic psychotherapist in private practice, working both live and virtually with adults, couples, adolescents, children, and families. Her articles have appeared in the Huffington Post, Maria Shriver's Sunday Paper, and Goop. She is also the wellness educator for the John Thomas Dye Independent K-6 through School in Bel Air, California, providing support to parents, faculty, and students. Dr. Cole also produces life enrichment events through the women's group platform she founded in 2004 called the First Tuesday Global. Its mission is to build a worldwide community of women dedicated to social connectivity, personal growth, professional development, and social justice. What motivated me to have Marcy Cole on the podcast today, she has also in the past year or so experienced devastating losses of her own. And so let's find out how she is walking through that both personally and how she helps other through the grief process and how they can live lives beyond their wildest dreams. Welcome, Dr. Marcy Cole. So glad you're here. Thank you, Charlene. Oh my gosh. This time we've waited for a long time personally. And the fact that you're invited me onto your podcast to talk about such an important subject is an honor because it is it is part of the human experience. Nobody gets a pass when it comes to connection, hopefully, and loss, which is inevitable when we feel, when we feel close to someone. And we're all going to have these kinds of losses along the way. I will say, I would love to just mention the, the, the fact that you talked about estrangement in the beginning is really, I think, so profound. And I just want to say one little, little quick hack about that. Oh, um, please do. 
before I talk about my own personal experience, but actually I have some, have had experience. Most families have had some experience with estrangement with relationships somewhere along the line, some generation, or they pass it down or whatever. But this is what I will say to people. If you're in a situation where you're estranged from somebody in human form, as you are, and you just can't seem to get beyond the personality and the stuff and all that And you know that it's time you've worked on it, you've worked with it, but it's time to just let it be what it is and let it have it and accept the space that needs to be there. You send love to their spirit. You send love and goodwill and good wishes to their spirit and know that their spirit is not their their personality, you know, and it's not all of the scar tissue that we have experienced or been or adopted from generations before us. It's pure. It's there. It's the best of who we know them to be and ourselves to be. And so that's what I would say to someone who's having that experience. Just send love and light and definitely forgiveness for yourself and that to their spirit. Yes. Yeah. But that kind of action is very powerful. Yeah. You are not helpless Mm-mm. and you can be hopeless, but maybe, you know, I know myself, I send things out. I pray, I affirm. And whether you're a prayer person, cause this is not a religious or spiritual program, even though we have that aspect here, because no matter what I've had people I've worked with who have, were very religious and spiritual, some devastation happened. They, and they decided God's not there or whatever. So I don't want you to yeah. However you feel through all that stuff, yeah. this is very all-inclusive. Wherever yeah. you are, you are, and you're perfect with it. And Marcy, hey. yeah. as you know, we talked before, it's like what it was like, what <laughs> happened, what it's like now in your grief space. I yeah. know that you've had some beloved people go to the other side here, and yes. but wherever you want to start. Okay, thank you. Well, in reflecting upon this, Honestly, grief for me personally in my life has been multifaceted. There's the arc of grief on lots of fronts. There's the grief of unrecognized dreams. And for me, I wanted to have children. I anticipated having children. That wasn't my destiny. I had to go through a whole experience there in my early 40s, mid 40s, actually, And then what we call it in psychology, sublimation, where you take an experience that's painful and you try to sublimate it into something constructive. But after being in fetal position cries about it, because we we have those moments, you know, I ended up in those days creating a nonprofit that called See Mama that was about promoting the connection between people without children by choice or circumstance and children in need. So that was my way of saying, wow, there's this private pain for so many. There's more, you know, people without children than ever before in history. And there's a lot of people that wanted them and it didn't happen that way. And yet a lot of people are are sort of feeling their pain very privately and not really sharing it. So I wanted to acknowledge a, this exists and B there's something we can do with it by connecting with ch- children that are looking for love as well and could be a cosmic match. So that was that experience. That was a big one, you know, and then, you know, I've had. Can I bring up something regarding that? I was going therapy because I didn't have children either. Yes. Career minded and all that. And I built yeah. a business. I was talking to a therapist because I believe in that at that time. And she, I talked to her about the same subject that decades ago. And she said she's even had nuns who have talked to her about them grieving about not having children. Yes. Well, because look, I mean, 
not just, it's not true for every woman, obviously, but we're wired for this. Biologically, we are wired to procreate, you know, to, 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 to birth from our womb. And it, it's, um, so it's very primal. So even if people make other choices, I mean, I remember in my thirties in private practice in Chicago, having a 48 year old woman coming in grieving about not being a mother. And I remember at the time thinking, Hmm, I was so surprised. I'm like, really? Like she didn't get it before, like she hasn't gotten it yet. She's just, just hit landing for her now. And there was a, my sister's friend wrote a, a play called, oops, I forgot to have children. And there's, because we have this generation of women that we've been, you know, we focused on education and, and career, and it's okay to get married and divorce by the way. And oh, and have lots of relationships in between. So all of a sudden you wake up 20 years later and it's like your fertility window is closing. And so that's, that's, that's happened for a lot. That trajectory has happened for a lot of women. So there's an experience there. I think there's a grief process for a lot of people, of course. And then there's people that are, are single or coupled and are just going through miscarriages and all of that experience, right, um, of grieving. And then for me, again, personally, I did not have the traditional relationship path. You know, I, I, did, I was like lots of girls who thought I was going to get married and live happily ever after and all of that. And I've had a trajectory of, of different love affairs, um, all of which have been wonderful in so many ways. And I have great relationships with all of them. But once I got married in my, again, in my early 40s and I, we did not get pregnant, I had the, I had the sort of the grief over not becoming a mother in this lifetime. And then eventually within 13 years, I ended that marriage five years ago. And that was a whole like, whoa. I mean, I remember I had never experienced this before, but I realized in, in the king size bed going where, you know, where's the buoy, you know, you're in a relationship, you're used to that. And all of a sudden you're in that space. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm in the dark night of the soul. I cannot see my future. It's first it's like bleak. And then it's like, just blank, like blank. And I thought, okay, now I'm going to use everything that I've ever studied or practiced or shared or guided others. And I'm just going to be here. I'm just going to be here. How did you walk through it? So, you know, look, I, okay. One by being there, right. Mm -hmm. We need to allow ourselves to be in it and to submit it and not just put on a happy face and go, I'm good. I would say to my friends, I remember feeling palpable loneliness. I had I have a gazillion friends and people in the world that I love and that love me back, but I I'd never felt palpable loneliness before. And I was like, wow. And so, and, and, and so it's about admitting it. It's about being with it. It's about having the solitude and it's about reaching out to the few that you can hold space for you while you're walking through it. I remember saying to a few friends, they're like, what can I do? And I'm like, just let's talk once a week. Just and I don't need to talk about it. Tell me what what you got at the grocery store. I don't. But I I felt like I needed more connectivity, which I'm I typically don't. But I did during that time. So you acknowledge it. You attend to it. You reach out. And then I will tell you, I was probably about eighty percent through. And I was when See Mama was still active, uh, uh, happening. We developed a relationship with this or, group home for orphan and abandoned children in Peru. I remember when you started it, right? Mm -hmm. And so this was our second time. And I love these kids. And I love the couple that runs it. He's Israeli. She's Peruvian. They've been together for about 15 years or so. Anyway, she's also a shaman. And because I developed this beautiful relationship with her, I'd heard of plant medicine journeys, and but I was never called to it. 
but for whatever reason, I went there and I said, you know, after this group, after this group leaves, Viviana, I'm going to go back to the Sacred Valley and I want to do a um, plant medicine journey with you. And she does one-on-one. And I knew that that was my way and I trusted her. And I didn't know what it was going to be about, but I just knew it was time for me to experience this. So I go, okay, she says to me, now the plant is going to take you wherever you need. You don't, I, I had no expectations. I had no agenda. And she said, don't have any expectations or agenda. Just let it be what it's going to be. It's going to move through. It's going to take you where you need it to go. And it's a psychedelic, right? It's called ayahuasca. Is that this is no, 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 no. This with this Pedro was called San Pedro. It's much more mild than ayahuasca, but it's a plant medicine. And so we were in this almost like tent thing. And by the way, my stepdaughter who had gone on the journey was with her friend. She had done it three nights before and they show up at the last night party with the kids kind of three quarters of the way through this experience. And they show up fully functioning. I, on the other hand, literally was on the ground for five hours and cried for five hours straight. And Viviana was like, earth mother. I mean, she wasn't with me the whole time, but she'd come and check and she's like, and I mean, she's stroking my head. I'm crying. I, it's like soulful, primal, everything I, about not having children, my marriage ending, my parents are going to die soon. You know, I had foreshadowing and, and anticipatory grief. And then I start thinking about these children and the pain that they've been through. I just spent two weeks with them and all of their grief and all of their stuff and the, the sorrows of the world and what these, this couple are carrying. I cried for them. I cried. I mean, it was like, I, that's what I can say. I literally could not lift my body off of this. And I thought, how did my stepdaughter get off the ground? I mean, but this was my experience, right? The next morning did I went- cry before. Were you a crier before? I mean- <clears throat> I mean, I wouldn't say I was a crier, but I did not cry. I had my moments, but I never, I don't remember maybe a couple to, by the way, actually, it's a great question. In my first marriage, I remember having out of nowhere, a soulful cry two times on the way down the aisle, but I wasn't conscious of what it, what it meant. And one time in our bedroom, just, and it was a guttural. and, And you know what? Sometimes when we have those kinds of cries, it's basically our soul saying, not the right path for you. We don't, but we're not conscious of it, right? It's just like an expression of that, a release of that. Anyway, that's hindsight. But anyway, I, I cried the next day. They said, oh my God, you look 10 years younger, you know? And, and so I'm then flying to Florida where my elderly parents were to spend a few days with them on the way back to Los Angeles. I get to Florida. I go to Whole Foods to get us food for the week, like I always do. And you know, when you have a chest, you know, when you usually have a cold, a sore throat, you know, and then you get, it lands in your chest sometimes. Well, this in Whole Foods, all of a sudden it's in my chest. It lands in my chest. Like, and I'm thinking, okay, I've had no precursor to this. What's going on. Bottom line is I was down for about eight days and I was talking to a girlfriend. I did not tell her about the plant medicine journey. And I told her, it's just my chest, my, it's just, wow, I feel like something's sitting in my chest. She said, you know, Mars, that's where grief, grief is held in the lungs. And I said, oh my God, that's right. I've heard that before. So I realized, okay, it's still working through me. The grief is still working through me somatically, my body. I'm, I just let it be. Got back a month later, I'm 
uh, in New York playing with old friends. And someone says to me, God, Marcy, your energy is just so like the best, ver- you know, the, like, like, like the real version of you is right here. And I thought I, I turned around li- literally Charlene and everyone listening. I turned around. And I'm like, whatever that 20% was that we're still holding on or we're still had, it was gone. I couldn't access it at all. I couldn't even rem- It was wild. It's never been back since. So my answer to you is that I did 80% of the work sort of on my own, given what I knew in my toolbox. But that experience, I will say, was really groundbreaking in terms of energetically, just getting the rest out. Yeah. And it's like they say, you know, when you cry, you're watering your soul. Well, you had a torrential rain. Yes. Yes. It's so beautiful. I just love that. Torrential release. And sometimes, you know, in somatic work, the body holds on to things. So in turn, somatic- Can you say what somatic work is? So somatic work is sort of somatic. So if you have somatic symptoms, it means you have physical symptomatology. You might have chronic headaches. You might have digestive issues. You might have um, neurological stuff. And sometimes it's rooted in whatever it's rooted in. And sometimes it's the body's expression of what's being held. And so there are somatic therapies that you don't have to think about why you're crying. You don't have to know, you don't have to, it just literally the body starts convulsing, crying. I've had my own experience with it. It's pretty profound and it releases what's being held. What's being that's sort of stopped up the nooks and crannies of our very being and our consciousness and unconsciousness and in our lungs and our heart, our whole body. That's right. Our nervous system. That's oh my right. God. I always say nooks and crannies. So you get a, a visual of the, just the little nooks yes. within you and the crannies that still need to come out the filters that you walking through That's and right. the filters were gone afterwards. It sounds like. That's right. And you know, we've all heard, or many of us have heard this idea of what we resist persists, right? So what this does is most of us with grief, we might even be dealing with it to some extent, but not all of it. We still push it down. We still push it away. We still wish it away. And just like if if you think about if you, God forbid, get sick, you know, you get that those terrible stomach things and you think you're done releasing and you still got that pain. And it's like, oh, those last that last few times where you just have to let it go are so painful. But then it's over, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think what happens for a lot of people is they stop short. We stop short of allowing ourselves to access the truth of our heart and to release what's being stored. And that's, and so it lingers sometimes it lingers. And I will share with you the next piece in the spirit of what I just shared, which is what's happened this year, which you, you mentioned, you made mention to, which was the fact that both of my parents passed away within 12 weeks of each other. And Look, I, you want to talk about, I call it anticipatory grief. I I was a pretty healthy human to some extent. I mean, I think, I mean, I had my stuff. I had my blind, blind spots. I took the wrong turn. Sometimes it ended up teaching me a lot, but until I got on my path, but I was pretty much a healthy grounded human, but this, I would say this was my major pathology. I would say I was always afraid of losing my folks, primal connection to them. So in the spirit of talking about how we have to experience the whole the grief process fully, I had been really kind of 
debilitated to some extent by anticipatory grief of lo- losing my elder, uh, my, my folks for decades. I mean, I remember getting engaged in my late twenties and them coming, being flown in and they look so beautiful at dinner. And I remember saying, Oh my God, one day I'm not going to be, they're not going to be here to share special moments. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I could never experience something fully joyfully because I was always, always in the back of my mind was someday they're not going to be here. I don't know where that came from, but it was there. Anyway, my good fortune is that they were here into their mid nineties. So had a lot of time to spend with them. And, you know, in their eighties and nineties, a lot of health issues, and it was a slow motion letting go for them. And so it gave me personally a lot more time to, to, to deal with it. I was traveling. I have, um, thankfully I have siblings that were involved as well, of course, and devoted to their care. And I was flying from the East coast to from the West coast to the East coast every eight weeks in the last five years, literally to be with them and to help them. Anyway, I'll tell you, Charlene and everyone, I am blown away by my experience. My parents passed away within 12 weeks of each other. My mother passed away in January of 2021 and my father in April. Um, I've learned so, so much just about grief in general, about my own process. What was that like? Your worst dream, your worst fear came true. And then that, and then witnessing your dad's loss to your mother. Yes. Well, first of all, it wasn't a fear anymore. Mm -hmm. The fear went away. In fact, it was a wish. I wanted them to go peacefully. When you love so deeply, it's amazing how far you can, that love can take you. And I was counseling my, my, my mother was very peace with death. My father was Peter Pan. He did not want to let go. He fought it tooth and nail literally until the day he took his last breath. And I was trying to coach him. I was trying to help him. I was trying to guide him. And I'd say, daddy, if, if everyone's doing it, it must be okay. You know, it's like, I just was trying to normalize this for him. I'd show him videos of mediums and that it's not over when it's over and got the rabbi to say, you know, sigh, they, you know, even though they don't talk about it, most organized religions believe in the afterlife, including Judaism. And I was just trying to do everything I could to help him. What would he say? Would he just say, I don't want to go. He was, he was quote, one time he said, scared shitless. He was just terrified. He had a really hard time holding on to faith my mother had just silent faith. She wasn't even a deeply religious woman, but she was like, I'm at peace. I, ha- I, I went on a date with a guy once that gave me such a gift. He talked about his grandmother that he really loved. And he was at her bedside when she was dying. And he said, and he's crying. And she said, honey, don't cry. She said, I'm about to discover the great mystery of life, which I thought was so amazing. But my mom had that. She said, yes, I love that. I'm going to see, gra- I'm see my mother and my grandparents and all this. My father couldn't hold on to it. He'd be very inspired and comforted, but then he couldn't hold on to it. So I was putting most of my energy into anticipating their, their dying, but also praying for it, frankly, because it was time Mm -hmm. and their quality of life had vanished. I just wanted it to be there with grace and ease. And I just talked to them a lot about it. And I would talk to my mom and talk to them about signs and, and I would videotape them. Oh my God. I have, I have a whole YouTube channel called the Cy and Rose show of vignettes of them, their shtick, their funny, their wisdom, their love affair. So basically I have done, I don't even call it grief. Honestly, 
I'm really truthfully in gratitude. I that has been my personal grief experience this year. It's not that I didn't have my my cries. It's not that I had a celebration of life for both of them that I hosted and facilitated. I I poured my heart into two eulogies because it was COVID and we hardly had a service. You know, I mean, but honestly, I feel like. If I combine the fact that they lived a long life, they had an epic love affair. I could not have been closer to them. Um, There was nothing unsaid. I am happy in my life. This is all part of something that I'll bring back around in terms of how it applies to the general experience of grief, but I'm I'm really good. I'm I'm really good. And I also believe in, and also the last piece is I believe in the unseen. So if you combine all those I've had a way easier time than some people in my family. And so I've learned a lot about that. I've learned a lot about, I finally realized, oh, and this is another piece, which I wrote in my eulogy about my mom. The love is internalized now. It's not like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do without you? It's literally inside of me. And so, and I absolutely believe that they're with me. So, but this is the thing. Grief is very individual, there's no two templates alike, but I do think that some of these aspects bear significance. Yes. How happy is someone in their life? What were the circumstances of someone's passing? How, how young were they? How young were you? Not the same thing as my experience. What is someone's spiritual faith? Do they have it or lack thereof? That's going to impact our experience. What was the nature of the relationship? Is there regret? Are there things unsaid? Are they holding on to judgment of themselves or the other? All of these things, all of these things make a difference. And it's important to look at, I think we're, we're at, uh, you have to leave pretty soon. So I'm going to ask you this last question for our listeners. You talked about what I got is there's, you didn't have any unresolved grief. You didn't, you were complete in your grief and not incomplete. And the significant statements you needed to tell them, you told them because you had, thank God, the time to be able to have, because I think I remember looking in Facebook that you had some nice time with your parents. Yes. So what would you say to someone like your clients? Because I'm sure, you know, through the years you've worked with that. And I wish we had more time. We have to get you back on it's okay. um, about some of the people you you work with, because you work with an international, <clears throat> you founded an international woman's center and how women grieve and we don't have time for that. But what would you suggest to people? How did you get, you can, I, I, I want you to come from your experience. How did you get resolved with your parents? Cause I know you guys had a, a, just a beautiful, spectacular relationship. Was there anything unresolved or incomplete or significant statements you needed to make to your dad or your mother that you shared? And maybe you can tell someone if they are estranged, if they are, you know, like afraid to speak yeah. a truth, like I apologize, mom, for not being there for you whenever, or dad, or um, I forgive you for, or maybe don't do the forgiveness with them because, you know, that's something work. We, I work with people about the forgiveness because you don't want the stress and strife. But if you have to make apologies or do a significant statement, what was your experience with that? Was there well, anything you could share personally? Well, Mm, you know, or anyone, again, one of your patients or something that you, well, want he, he, here's what I would say in terms of what I share a lot with people that I work with and people that I'm having these kinds of conversations with. <clears throat> if you are, have a great relationship 
love them with no holds barred, just shower it, you know, just be present with it, be present in the moment, take it all in, let them know. I mean, there wasn't, not only was there nothing unsaid, but it was said repeatedly, you know? So if you have a great relationship, just keep, you know, basking in its glory and its, its juice. If you have things that are underlying and unfinished, I mean, look, I think the best we can do is stay in our lane. We don't have control over another human being. I call it bracket communication. You start with positive intent tension. You go into the stuff that can be a part of the courageous conversation you want to have, and you end with positive. So it might be, dad, I love you. I care about you. I want us to have a good relationship. I know you did your best, but there's some, there's some unfinished business. There's some things I haven't shared with you, and I'd really like the opportunity just to ask you or share with you so I can clear it. I can clear it and we can clear it so that I don't have that in my way because I want to enjoy the rest of these years with you. I don't want to hold it. I don't want to wonder and guess and assume. So if there's unfinished business, to whatever extent you can, make it safe for your listener to hear you and courageously share, do it. If they, I think what happens is people are surprised at how receptive someone can be when the delivery is said with respect and the best of intention. And if it can't be received, then at least at, at least in that moment, know that you tried, know that that person heard on some level, and know that you stayed in your lane and that you can still go to bed, bed at night saying, you know, I said what I needed to say. Now, sometimes people can't because the person they're dealing with really is like, cannot hear. They cannot. They don't have the capacity. They don't have the capacity. And sometimes they've already left their body. They're not, uh, they're not in human form anymore. So that's what they talk about gestalt therapy, where we can still write letters. We can still close our eyes and send messages. There's a thing called dialectic behavioral therapy, where you can hold two realities at the same time. You can say, I appreciate the existence of this person and the good times we shared. And I acknowledge some of the pain and disappointments that came, came along the way, or I appreciate them for who they are and all they have to offer. And I forgive their, their ways in which they knew not what they did or they did, but they did it anyway. Yeah. Like they, I, they didn't go to my baseball game or any of my volleyball games and that little stuff. Don't discount it because if you remember it from 20 years ago, there's something percolating in you. That is unresolved or incomplete with you. And if you can't share it with them, share it with another human being. Yes, exactly. I 100%. And, you know, at the end of the day, look, my parents weren't perfect. Their relationship was, wasn't perfect. They went through times mid, midstream where they were, you know, they were opposites. They went through struggles and they had, you know, they had stuff. They had human, they had their own human frailties and foibles. But at the end of the day, we still get to choose what we focus on. Yes. That's it. Also, I love you. I love myself in spite of. I love you in spite of. I, I love you because of. I love myself because of. And here's the other thing. One of the ways, one, one of the ways we can also come to terms with unrecognized dreams and things that didn't measure up to what we had deserved, hoped for, dreamed about, is we can actually remember everything that we've learned. How many times have people said, well, that was a difficult situation or parent or whatever, but it's part of who I am today. They, what they did was they, again, alchemized the story. Instead of becoming the victim, they became the author based on some painful experiences. And so 
you know, this is the best we can do. As we said, nobody gets a pass on on grieving. Grieving comes on lots of fronts and lots of forms. But I so appreciate this conversation you're having, Charlene, with people because it's it really hits to the heart of everyone. And so thank you for allowing me to tell some of my own personal story. But you know, everyone has their, and everyone has their own unique path. That's the thing. If people can just accept. I am, this is the way grief is expressing through me. This, I mean, my, I, my grief is expressing through gratitude. Who knew? I mean, I knew I'd feel grateful, but I didn't realize that would be the primary experience this year. That's beautiful. That is so, so inspiring to many and myself, of course. And the, we're coming to the end. I know you have an appointment after this, but what, I know you have some wonderful things coming up. I have... On our um, podcast, we're on all the podcast platforms. Marcy has social media on Facebook. She's got a YouTube, some things on YouTube, her Marcy, Dr. Marcy Cole channel, websites, her first Tuesday global. She's got so many things going on and there's some things coming up. What's coming up for you? Like maybe your women's relationship. So, yeah, thank you. Yes. Thank you for asking. So um, a couple of things. So on the first Tuesday Global, it's a women's virtual group. And I produce an event once a month, but sometimes it's co-ed. November 1st, we're having Marianne Williamson talking about how to heal a fragmented society. And when we talk about our fragmented society. When we talk about grief, talk about the swell of grief that's happened on for many people, not just in the health crisis, but the, the whole thing about divisiveness that what's, what's gone on and how we can heal this. She is speaking on November 1st. And I mean, look, if people want to become on the, uh, on the email list to get our invitations, they can certainly reach out to me. Then go to firsttuesdayglobal.com and, or they can reach out to me Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y at drmarcycole.com, D-R-M-A-R-C-Y-C-O-L-E.com. On the Dr. Marcy Cole front, I have, um, yeah, one of the things I'm very excited about, which I shared with you earlier, Charlene, is that I'm doing these finding love again in midlife for women classes and bringing in some of my own personal experiences as well as my professional. And it's been really, really fun. And we have one going on, but there's an, there's a evergreen access to the four, it's a four part webinar, four stages. It's called the love formula. And I believe it with all my heart and soul. And so people can access that as well by emailing me if they'd like. I also have a website, drmarcycole.com. So Yes. And just to let you know, she has many great guests in her, her women's global initiative, but just to let you know, her podcast will be coming out after November 1st, but Marianne has been a guest of yours for a few times and, but she has some awesome people. So check her out. Yes. And also I will say since the podcast is, is it coming out before December 7th? I think so. I think so. If it comes out before December 7th, for people that are listening, my guest on December 7th is Carissa Schumacher. Oh my goodness. What a joy and gem this young woman is. Young woman, she's close to 440 and she's a channel of the most beautiful, exquisite wisdom. And she actually brought in my parents to me just as a gift with definitive, specific, can't make it up stuff which was incredibly comforting and um, made me so happy. She, uh, Harper Collins, she also channels an entity called Yeshua, which is basically Jesus Christ, the ascended master of Jesus Christ. And 
And she had one of, they call transmissions when she channels this entity and Harper Collins got a copy of her freedom transmissions about freedom. And they're publishing this freedom transmission in November. So it's called the freedom transmission. So she's going to be our guest December 7th. That's going to be really oh, that's great. She sounds awesome. Well, she's a medium, right? So she downloads. She's an intuitive. Yeah, she's intuitive. a medium. She's a channel. She just, and by the way, when she's not channeling anything other than her own, she's such a, I mean, she's such a wise being. I mean, she's not going to be channeling Yeshua on that vert. Right, right. Call. Man, she opens her mouth and they're just pearls, pearls, pearls of beautiful access to wisdom and light and love. And, and yeah, she's quite special being. So that's, that's beautiful. Be yeah. I've always, I said, this show is like, whatever, I'm bringing all kinds of different people. I have my educational modality with grief recovery, but I want people to just take what you like, leave the rest. And exactly. Marcy, I'm so happy you were on the show today. And I know you've been going through some cold that just won't go away that you've been yes, coughing. Yes. Periodic cough. Sorry about that, everyone. But oh, yes, please. you're you're awesome. I'm, I'm sure no one noticed, but I love that you showed up today. I love you and appreciate you. And so glad you graced us with your presence and your experience, strength and hope with us today. Thank you, Charlene. And thank you for everyone listening. It's truly been an honor. Thank you so much. And to be continued. Yes. Okay, everybody. Thank you. As you know, We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Grief Recovery Now, private Facebook group. Please get on. I tell you, we have such a great group and we love and appreciate you. And then the outro, listen to the outro because it'll give you some more information too. And Marcy's, all her stuff will be on our podcast platform. So check it out. Okay, everybody. See you next time. Thanks again, Marcy. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we will keep you posted on our next podcast. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, Please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.